0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 143 of the Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keila Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 143 of rest of Topia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I do want to point out a couple of things from last night's show. I thought this was the weakest Monday night show under Paul Avec to date. But it should be noted that Paul Avec was out of commission last night due to a bout of COVID 19, which absolutely sucks. I wish him the very best in a speedy recovery. He is doing well according to reports, but we all know his health issues from the last year or so, which can really add an extra sense of caution to this positive test result. But he will be fine in due time. He'll be back to work, hopefully next week. But you can feel there was an imbalance creatively with the last night's show, very heavy-handed in terms of sports entertainment and fluff segments that I I didn't care for very much but I'll get to that momentarily but today is a very big day in professional wrestling and sports in general it's a jam-packed Tuesday with a very special AEW Dynamite airing live on TBS tonight following game five of the Cleveland Guardians versus New York Yankees going down live at 4 or 7 p.m. Eastern on TBS it could bleed into Dynamite around 8 o'clock p.m. EST we'll see and NXT will air scheduled at 8 o'clock p.m on usa so this could be a head-to-head battle with a great lead-in for AEW with the MLB playoffs wrapping up on TBS because they were supposed to have that night all to themselves. But due to a rain delay in New York last night, we get Guardians and Yankees later this afternoon, and hopefully it does not bleed into dynamite, but we'll see as we have a lot of stuff on TV ranging from Major League Baseball. We got Game 1 of the NLCS between the San Diego Padres and Philadelphia Phillies going down FS1 around 8 o'clock PM EST with NXT and AEW running possibly head-to-head if the Yankees and Guardians are done by 8 o'clock p.m. on TBS. On top of that is the beginning of the NBA regular season with the marquee matchup of the Golden State Warriors versus the LA Lakers going down at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, which is not going to affect the head-to-head matchup. It will eat into the overnight ratings because that is going to be a huge number for a TNT with the lead-in game being, I believe, the Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm not mistaken. So it is going to be a jammed, packed night. And who's going to win? Wrestling fans, we would hope, at the end of the day. But it is going to be hella competition for AEW and for NXT. If they're able to maintain 75% of their usual viewers, that's a win. So when the numbers drop on Wednesday, please don't freak out if they're alarmingly low for both shows because of the competition. It's a one-week blip, but I did warn last week that the NBA starts Today and is going to eat into NXT dynamite and rampage for the next seven to eight months. It is what it is. Monday Night Raw has got football for the next three to four months. On top of that, we have Major League Baseball ramping up their playoffs, heading to the World Series. Hockey's back in full gear as well. It will not hurt wrestling until the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I've noticed was a factor this past April, May, and June. That is tough. Tough competition for WWE and AEW head-to-head. So sports season's here is going to be a rough go. It will get better for WWE in January. AEW, they held pretty tough during basketball season. Beat some games, depending on the strength of matchup on ESPN and or TNT. But we'll see how it all plays out in the months to come right here on WST. But enough ratings talk for right now. Let's dive into last night's Monday Night Raw, which is just okay in my humble eyes. It was an all right show for what it was. But the best thing happened at the top of this episode with Bobby Lashley in the ring at the very top of Monday Night Raw calling out Brock Lesnar for last week's beatdown, which cost Bobby his U.S. championship against Seth Rollins. Brock comes out in his cowboy hat. Cowboy Brock is in the building and Bobby goes right after Brock, but Brock sends him back first into the ring apron. And then he is trying to F5 Bobby. Bobby escapes and he's going to slam Brock into the ring post, followed by a spear through the barricade, a spear over the announce table. When WWE officials and security tries to break things up, then he delivers a spine busted. It sends Brock through the announce table, which pops a crowd. I think Bobby cashed in three ass whooping receipts in one segment. And I lived to wrap up the opener of Monday Night Raw. And it is official. It will be Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley at Crown Jewel one on one. Should be a really good match. My only advice for Bobby is to please land on your back and not your shoulders when you're taking those German suplexes because you hurt yourself. He did so. A couple of months before WrestleMania and I don't want that to happen again this time around so here's hoping they build up a bit more trust and Bobby can land safely taking those German suplexes in Saudi Arabia in a few weeks time on Peacock next up is the OC the original club Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows versus the Afro Academy's Chad Gable and Otis this match I gotta be honest was pretty nondescript it was all right the crowd reaction was kind of muted for the OC as they beat Chad Gable with the magic killer in about five or six minutes after the match is over we see Judge day on the main stage Finn Balor is such a dick and I love him He's saying, I formed this stupid club in the first place. I'm the originator. I'm the founder. You ain't got nothing on me. And AJ Styles wants to challenge Finn Balor and Judgment Day to a six-man tag team match. Finn Balor says, oh, we're not going to do it tonight. We can do it at Crown Jewel. And he grabs his balls to emphasize jewels. Finn Balor is the best. And then Dominic gets a little chippy talking about AJ Styles. And AJ says, listen, if you were my son, I would totally humble you. You had your dad run away from this show and go to SmackDown. But I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm challenging you to a match. Right now, so I can beat the piss out of you. Are you going to be a man or are you going to be a boy? And Rhea's like, Hey, Dom, you're a man, right? You're not a boy. And he was parroting Rhea word for word. I laughed because she really got this dude by the balls and whipping chains for that matter. And the match is on. Dominic Mysterio versus AJ Styles, one on one, around the top of the third hour of last night's show. And this was a fine segment. Judgment Day is great. Finn Balor is the best because he is just so confident. In every way, the swagger he walks with, how he talks, how he projects that big dick energy. I adore it. Dominic getting proper heel heat, getting a bit more comfortable in the mic. But his in-ring work is still very shaky. And that was very indicative via his matchup against the legend AJ Styles during last night's show. Next up is the brand new United States champion Seth Rollins coming out in a bright red suit. And those classic Viewmaster glasses. From my youth, he comes out there bragging about being in the new champion, telling anybody that didn't root for him to kiss his behind. And he goes into why he tapped out at Extreme Rules against Matt Riddle in their fight pit match nearly two weeks ago. And he notes that, listen, I had a US title match against Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw, and I wanted to preserve my strength it was all about self-preservation so therefore I tapped out to protect myself to get the win last week which I did by the way and that leads to Mustafa Ali coming out to say that Bobby Lashley promised me a shot at the championship if he retained but different champion Same circumstance. I still want a shot at the title. And Seth says, do I look like Bobby Lashley to you? So if I don't look like Bobby, if I don't sound like Bobby, if I'm not Bobby, period, then I guess that means you're not getting a shot anytime soon. So get in the back of the line. Ali refuses saying, listen, I've waited long enough. I'm ready for my time right now. I want a shot at your championship. And Seth Rollins says, listen, I like you. I respect you. But now isn't your time. But I know you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes as a mentor for younger talent. You're a great friend. You're a great father. You're a wonderful husband. Decks Ali beats his ass and sends him face first into the ring post. And Ali goes flying and he's grabbing his jaw, thought that he was seriously injured. But that's great selling by him to wrap up the segment as Ali still vows to be a problem for Seth Rollins very, very soon, which we would get a little taste of later in the show. And I thought this was a nice setup for the future Rollins-Ali U.S. Championship match. My only thing is I want Ali to be built up as a fighting babyface people can really get behind because I don't want him to reach this level and lose. It happened earlier this year in his hometown of Chicago facing Theory for the U.S. title. He didn't win then and it wasn't like this overwhelming reaction for him as the hometown favorite guy. You gotta build someone from the roots up to be comparable and eligible for this shot in a way that makes sense. Ali has the tools, the talent and the charisma to get over but he needs that equity on Monday Night Raw via this feud with Seth Rollins to get there win or lose he's got to be elevated via this matchup that's the key. I don't want him sliding back down if he misses his shot. He needs to be made from this. Here's hoping it happens under the Triple H Creative Administration. Next up is EO Sky and Dakota Kai, the reigning defending women's tag team champions versus Candice LeRae and the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, with Bailey on commentary. And this match was solid. I loved how Bianca Belair used Candace as a weapon to boot EO and Dakota Kai out of the ring as. Cannons delivered a double cross body to both ladies on the outside as Bianca Belair tried to deliver a glam slam to Dakota Caillou. Took a gentle bump on the floor as we go to commercial break. We come back and Dakota and EO are working over Bianca Belair and... Dakota's grabbing the braid to prevent her from making the tag to Candace. Candace shoes off. EO is trying to pull off the ring apron. Candace gets a hot tag and she is double teaming EO Sky and Dakota Kai in the corner and delivers a seton to the back of EO Sky in a great spot followed by a super kick to Dakota Kai as the action picks up from there. At one point Bianca Belair lifts up EO Sky for a suplex with Candace Marie on the top rope delivering a missed drop kick and a great tag. Team tandem spot which is broken up by Dakota Kai who rocks Bianca with a scorpion kick, a short- short time later, at one point, Bailey is going to leave guest commentary and grab a kendo stick from underneath the ring. But Bianca Belair catches her and she tackles Bailey over the announced table. But in doing so, Candice LeRae falls victim to damage control as she is defeated with a double back suplex, courtesy of Vio Sky and Dakota Kai. As they have to get some momentum heading into their women's tag team championship match against Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez later this week on SmackDown. Fine matchup, hate to see Candice lose. But it's a way to build up damage control heading into Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. And it continues the beef between Bianca Belair and Bailey as they will face one-on-one next week in a non-title match on Monday Night Raw. Next up is the return of John Bradshaw Layfield. He comes out there, declares himself a wrestling god. He reads Oklahoma for being a shit state, calls them out for losing to Texas a few weeks ago. And he's very obnoxious and annoying as he has his major announcement is going to rock the foundation of WWE, allegedly, as he reads Rey Mysterio for hiding under a mask and being proud of Dominic for seeing what his dad was a loser and a deadbeat father, which leads to the greatest acquisition in Monday Night Raw history, according to JBL. In a trade for Rey Mysterio, Monday Night Raw gets Baron Corbin, who's no longer happy. I think he's still rich but he looks a bit more serious he's not laughing thankfully he has traditional gear which is nice to see still got his hat on but JBL speaks for him now and I kind of don't like it don't care for the dynamic very much very random and weird as JBL calls out Dolph Ziggler for not being able to hack it during the attitude era for reasons like Dude, Dolph Ziggler had been great in the Attitude Era. He's a great seller. A great wrestler. Has some semblance of a personality when he was in his prime. But, you know, I just don't take anything JBL has to say very seriously. I don't have time for him. He's on commentary. He's very overbearing and very disrespectful to Kevin Patrick. And he makes allusions to you're not going to be here long. Like, dude, go away. But thankfully, we got Ziggler versus Corbin. Crow was kind of dead for it early on they got into it as Corbin delivered a nice suplex on Ziggler for a near fall early on but Ziggler comes back with his clotheslines punches in the corner and a neck breaker followed by an elbow drop on Corbin for two Corbin delivers a nice follow-away slam for a near fall as well Ziggler is going to counter the end of days to a famouser four two lands a zigzag on Corbin as well but Corbin kicks out and lands end of days a short time later for the win a good competitive matchup. I do love how Corbin's able to expand his offense because he's really a talented guy when he's able to let loose and do his own thing. And his personality shines bright outside of WWE as well with his appearances on Up, Up, Down, Down and his Instagram feed, Cooking Wagyu Beef all the time. He's very endearing and funny. I want that a bit more on the main roster because he would click as a nice personality to get behind. And we got glimmers of that via Broke-Ass Corbin last year, which is my favorite iteration of Corbin's until he got rich last summer and that made me very sad because I like to see broke-ass Corbin find his way back to the top of the mountain by actually humbling himself for a change and we did not get that when it counted most via that broke-ass storyline and now he's got JBL in his ear. I don't care for that I just want this guy to be able to break through and find his voice and way on the main roster has been what? Five, six, going on seven years now. I want him to have something that we can really latch on to. It's never too late to find your true self in WWE and hope that Corbin finds that missing piece to truly get over on the main roster when it counts most. Next up is Dominic Mysterio versus AJ Styles. Kick off the third hour of Monday Night Raw. This match was kind of a drag, to be honest. AJ Styles was dominant early on. The crowd reaction was so-so. Rhea Ripley threatens AJ Styles to hit her AJ refuses and that leads to Dominic landing a crossbody on AJ as we go to commercial break. We come back and Rhea distracts AJ again as Dom lands three amigos on AJ followed by a seton. Over the ropes onto AJ for a near fall. AJ does fight back with a gnarly gut buster to Dominic Mysterio. But as expected, we get shenanigans from Judgment Day and the OC after Dominic lands a tornado DDT on Styles. Styles is going to avoid a 619 and applies a calf crusher to Dom, but Dom is going to grab the ropes to break the hold. And as the OC and Finn Balor, alongside Damian Priest, beef at ringside, Rhea Ripley is going to give Dom the opening he needs to roll up AJ Styles with the schoolboy. For the win. This is probably Dominic's biggest win outside of winning the tag team titles with his father last year. A staggering defeat by AJ Styles on this night. Surprising. It happened. Dom cheated, but it's a win, and Rhea Ripley takes full credit because she is poppy at the end of the day. The match kind of dragged, and every time Dom does with three amigos, I moan because they don't look good ever. And the match was kind of there to kick off the third hour of Monday Night Raw. Next up is supposed to be Dexter Lumis versus The Miz. If Dexter wins, he earns a contract with WWE, but he finds a way to break into the building every week and put The Miz asleep with the silencer for whatever reason. But we found out from Johnny Gargano last night that there's a secret The Miz is withholding regarding his relationship with Dexter Lumis. Miss. There is a history there. We don't know what it is just yet, but the Miz is spooked by Daxter. He tried to feign a knee injury early in the show by blaming the Custodians for mopping the floor and leaving said floor wet for the Miz to slip and fall. But the WWE medical team realized, dude, you were faking. There's visual proof of you not hurting yourself in this building, which leads to the Miz ambushing Dexter Loomis and hitting him with a steel chair on the main stage. But the attack was so shitty that The Miz was hitting the floor and not Dexter Loomis. This sucked. As I mentioned last week, I thought the feud initially was very cute and campy, but now I'm kind of over it and all we got left is a secret that needs to come out sooner rather than later with Johnny Wrestling being a sidekick to Dexter for reasons we understand due to Andy Hartwell and their association with the way on NXT OG style, which I greatly appreciate. But as I mentioned last week, this feud has jumped the shark and now the shark and the cow has jumped over the moon in frustration because this shit sucks and I'm done outside of the secret or whatever the Miz is holding back regarding his relationship with Exalumis. Give me that and I might forgive this, but right now I am so over it and I do not care, which is sad because I'm a sucker with Exalumis being a nice artistic serial killer. That's trying to get a job in WWE. Just saying. Next up is the return of Elias, who is now a keyboardist for whatever reason. We have Matt Rudder coming out with bongos, interrupting Elias. And it's just a vibe, a weird vibe that I don't care for as we bid adieu to Ezekiel. Then Seth interrupts the concert as well. And for whatever reason, we got Elias at ringside for this matchup between Riddle and and Rollins for the U.S. title as the main event of Monday Night Raw. And this match was good, not great, due to Elias shenanigans at ringside as Riddle locks in a triangle immediately to tap out Seth Rollins, but Seth is going to wiggle out of that, go to ringside, take a breather, and as he taunts Elias... At ringside, Elias delivers a jumping knee strike to Seth, knocks his ass out. And you would think that Riddle would be a bit more proactive and quick to get Seth back in the ring to pin him, maybe. But no, we go to commercial break and we come back, and Seth inexplicably has the heat by delivering a double foot stomp to Riddle while he's in the Tree of Woe. The booking of this match is kind of ass backwards, when Riddle makes a comeback with the floating bro on Rollins for two. Rollins goes for a cradle for a near fall of his own until Riddle lands an knee strike and the bro Derek on Rollins for a very close near fall. Rollins is going to go up top and deliver that reverse superplex to Riddle, followed by that reverse DDT into a Falcon Zero for a close near fall as well. Rollins is going to come off the top, but Riddle catches him in a triangle, and he's going to keep this triangle held through buckle bombs, power bombs. He's going to go for a sit-out power bomb as well, and Riddle's still a applies the triangle into an arm breaker at one point to make Rollins tap to Noah Vell until Rollins finally grabs ropes to break the hold. Rollins rolls out of the ring to confront Elias once again. He is trying to go to Elias to a DQ in his favor. Elias refuses to hit him. Therefore, Rollins lands a super kick on Elias to jumpstart a feud between them for reasons I don't quite get either. Eventually, Rollins is going to get rocked with a PK kick and a draping DDT by Riddle. Riddle is calling for the RKO. It is blocked by Rollins. Elias tries to get in the ring to go after Rollins, but he runs into Riddle and that allows Rollins at the stomp on Riddle to retain the United States championship. After the match is over, Rollins delivers a stomp to Elias as well. He goes to another curb stomp on Riddle until Mustafa Ali makes a save. He's going to tackle Rollins over the announce table, which has been a theme this evening Bobby to Brock, Bianca to Bailey, and now Mustafa Ali to Seth Rollins as Ali is going to send Rollins over the barricade on the outside. And Rollins flees the scene as Monday Night Raw goes off the air with Ali letting Rollins know, I am your problem now. I'm not going anywhere. I want to shot at your championship after you attacked me during tonight's show. And I am looking forward to Ali versus Rollins. That should be a great US championship match. And I pray and hope that Ali is elevated from this because he's so damn good in every way of giving a fair shake on Monday night. Rollins is great. He's going to show up and show out for him when it counts the most. Overall, a decent Monday Night Raw. The crowd was quiet most of the way through. Kind of dry show. Repetitiveness with tackles over the announce table. That was a bit much. You gotta space that shit out a bit better because it does get predictable and sell after a while. I hope the Triple H is back next week because his presence was definitely missed from a leadership standpoint. It just felt like this show was a bit scattershot and all over the place. Don't need that for the new administration. A blip here and there is okay, but let's not make it a habit because we've been used to pretty good shows as of late as the home stretch for Crown Jewel begins in the next couple of weeks. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 143 of the Raw Verdict. Recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Later X on Twitter and on Instagram, of Topia. They can find me tweeting and Grand about these podcast shows, the drop on list in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, search topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with the one-time return of the AEW Dynamite slash NXT Late Night Potpourri, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite and NXT on TBS and USA respectively. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday, stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.